told you this, but I got an interesting email from a loyal listener over the weekend. And you didn't tell me. Wow. Saying, hey, Gina, or actually, hey, Gina and Corey, (laughs) any way we can get the sexy marriage radio intro into a ringtone? Oh, really? That's That's cool. I'm like, interesting. How cool would it be to be sitting at a restaurant and hear (laughs) this start off? show you know somebody's phone hello yeah this <laughs> it's like hey that's a great idea and I, by the way you can't do that through through itunes you can you can make any music into a ringtone that you would like and google it you can figure out how it's pretty simple or hand your phone to a teenager it's oh wait a, or a five-year-old this <laughs> is sexy marriage radio with dr Corey allen and gina paris where we're talking about sex and marriage and love and ringtones and Everything we can think of that's on your mind and on ours when it comes to helping you have better sex in your marriage, because that's what we believe in, is that marriage is the hotbed for hot sex. That's very good. And we do love your emails. We read them all. And man, you guys represent each letter that you write in. I think it represents the views of so many people. So today we're going to look at, I think, some stereotypes that we have about high desire low desire and my desire is that you listeners will sort of see the perspective of the other spouse or especially of the higher desire spouse today maybe a little differently right because it's we we come back to this high desire low desire a lot and yeah and to me it's foundational because that's that's the crux of a lot of conflict and struggle in every marriage and it's not just high desire low desire for sex it's high desire low desire for everything yeah, it's called differences. Yeah, and but we get so skewed, and we look at the differences, and we look at the well. Why won't she ever just sit and watch basketball with me? Or she knew. Like, here's a classic. You know, we're coming off of March Madness weekend for this show, and mm-hmm. you know, so we spent the weekend. I let me rephrase. I spent the weekend just watching basketball, and oh. my wife is a big basketball fan, but there's times where she gets upset. Because we don't do anything. And I'm sitting there going, you know I want to just sit here and do nothing but watch basketball. <laughs> how could you get upset about that? And she's sitting there saying, I know you want to just watch basketball, but how could you get? How could you just want to sit there all day and watch it? You know, and it's just that whole, we can get so caught up in the differences that we, we just see that as something pulling us apart rather than what it really believe I believe it's doing is it's helping giving us an opportunity to really grow. Yeah, and create unselfishness. Right. And so we get into this idea of high desire, low desire when it comes to sex. Mm-hmm. And several emails that come across our desks or our computers that, that mm-hmm. show, you know, how, how does this happen? You know, did, did God make a mistake? That was actually a question <laughs> in one of them. You know, because awesome. it seems like, and, and, I would, and I would say that, yes, in paradise, in the creation of Adam and Eve, before sin and fall and the fall happened. I don't know if they were having sex all the time, but I would agree that, yeah, it was probably a whole lot easier to happen. Then. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was tainted by heartache and yeah. uh, abuse and uh, porn and yeah. All the things that can distract and, and diminish what happens. Uh. So, 
So what happens when when there is such a disparity between the high desire, low desire sometimes, when it comes male, female, whichever side is whatever, is more about the fall and the way we have tried to as humans to medicate what we long for, whether that could be sex, that could be religion, that could be drugs, that could you know, it's all these things to try to alleviate pain and isolation and loneliness, it seems. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting because the emailer he goes on and he talks about how is it that a woman can be so ambivalent toward her sexuality quite easy while to a man sex is core to his happiness? Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> generalizing. Well, yeah, it is. But And the reason it's generalizing is because, what was it, like a day later? We got one from a woman saying something very similar. She says that... Um, for for my husband, sex is a take-it-or-leave-it kind of proposition. And he stated that if we do it too often, it doesn't feel as good. So um, I want to, in fact, read some of this letter from the woman, okay, our female uh, writer. And I love her. I love it, especially with these letters open with, you know, I love these shows in all <laughs> capital letters with multiple exclamation marks. <laughs> Oh, especially when she says, my hubby and I are having a deeper connection because I've been implementing your advice and making changes within to see changes around me. I love you for this, girl. All right, so she's not sure if we've talked about this. So she says that she and her husband could, she'd be happy to have sex every day, which she knows is unrealistic. And, but then she says, and this happens so often to the women who I think are triply baffled when they're the high desire spouse because they hear everything your your writer has said, you know, our male writer, right. who thinks that men are always raring to go, right. which all the more reason to take this personally. So they used to have sex all the time, began to wane in their early 20s, got worse after they had their son four years ago. Um, I wanted to read this line because I thought of this last night. I, I really love this. <laughs> now we have sex once every one to two months, gen- months, generally when I'm ovulating and can hear the pulse in my vagina pounding in my ears and I attack him. <laughs> That's so beautifully descriptive. Uh-huh. And I, I thought there, I read it thinking, man, those were the days. I'm no. about, to, about to burst. <laughs> pounding. Wait, not half the women out there saying the only thing I have pounding is a headache. <laughs> so... She has taken this so personally, feels so rejected that sometimes, even though she loves this idea, we're talking about keeping all your sexual energy in the marriage. Right. That's very much a struggle for her because of the intoxicating rush that comes when other men are flirting with her and and uh, making her feel sexually alive. Right. And so she doesn't know how how to keep that fire going with her husband who is pretty ambivalent to right. use that word again. Right. And that's and that just seems it. It's and maybe a better phrase isn't high desire, low desire, because I think a lot of people probably it's high desire, ambivalent, ambivalent. desire. Oh, it's painful. Yeah, that is, yeah. because it, to the high desire, regardless of if it's male or female, it's interpreted as rejection. Of course it is. Rejection when you're totally naked. Right. So your very most intimate self that you've you've bared your soul, you've bared your body, and in that very most vulnerable place, you're rejected. Okay, but it's hold on. Painful. I'm going to take issue with that because you don't. 
I'm going to believe, I'm of the belief that lots of the high desire, when they truly do seek out sex, they're not bearing their soul. Okay. <laughs> they're go, And that's part of what contributes to the disparity between the high desire, low desire, and makes it to where the low desire doesn't want it because they realize you're not wanting me, you're just wanting my body. Oh, wait, I think she said this in this letter. And that's that, and that's was something that her, that's, someone can, else. Yeah, and that's something that that a congruence has to come come into play in the people involved. That is truly a yeah. I want you, and I want you in this way. And yes, some of it could be objectifying, and I want your body, but it's also I'm going to be upfront about what I'm looking for with with each occurrence. Okay, so that does not. I wonder if they understand what you mean. With each, so sometimes you want this deep, intimate connection. Sometimes you have pounding that needs release. <laughs> right. So. And you want just some pounding. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, I think it's – we as humans, we are the only species on the planet that can make meaning out of the things mm -hmm. that happen in our life and the things that we do in our life. Mm -hmm. So sex is not just for procreation. Every right. other species does it just for procreation. That's the only reason they have sex. It's not for fun, and it, it's not for the joy and the pleasure. It's just to keep the species going. But since we can make meaning out of it, it becomes so much more complex to where I could seek out Pam for sex, and I want some deep, intimate connection, and she doesn't, and therefore the sex could be pretty good, but she is sitting there not enjoying it because it's not what she's looking for at the moment. But she keeps it hidden. Right. And so that's then an incongruence to me of, okay, I, I, didn't, I wasn't up front about where, you know, what I want, what I'm looking for, I don't have time for, I'm not there. You know, and, and Pam and I have evolved to where we can joke, we joke about that kind of stuff where yeah. I mean, even just yesterday, I was kind of flirting with her off and on throughout the day and she walked by and she made some comment about, I, I know it's my hair that's doing it because <laughs> her hair was just kind of frizzed out in the morning or, or whatever. And I'm like, baby, I'm not looking, I'm not interested in your hair, you know? <laughs> and it's just kind of that whole, you know, that's kind of a playful, but it's a truth of, okay, at this point, yeah, I'm just looking at your body. You know, that's it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm checking out. If it's an objectification, ah, so be it. That's what it is. So it's it's that idea of that's what plays out deeper every time we come together with our spouse. It does. And yet for the woman who only gets sex or the spouse only has sex once or twice a month, that you don't have that luxury of, of saying, hey, right. this, this month, since I might not do it again for God knows, three months, I'm going to just say... Let's be physical only, or I need it to be intimate. It's too, there is a lot around it simply because of infrequency. Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's where you, okay. So my advice to the low desire, high desire continuum does. Mm -hmm. And I think this is non-gender specific advice. Uh, that, yeah. Part of the point we're trying to make today is let you see the non-gender. Right. It's, that it's, it's happening on both sides. Mm-hmm. Is okay. The even if you are in a marriage where you're having sex once every two months, it is a functional system. 
Okay. So keep that in mind because some of the advice you'll hear or that I've come across out there on, in, in the internet world is, well, you should just hold out, you know, and that's a common high desire move of, well, if, if she or he's not going to initiate, then I'm not going to, I'll just <laughs> see if they miss it. I'll show them, you know, it's, <laughs> I know one of my readers said I, it was two years, yeah. it was two whole years before I broke down. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's generally really bad. It, yeah, because it, it typically doesn't come across that way. You know, it's that, well, I'm just going to stop making a move. and They don't even notice. Yeah, and it's like, they're finally, oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not going to bring about what you're really looking for by doing nothing. Exactly. So realize what you have is a functional level, as, as it were. Maybe not optimal, maybe not healthy for you what you're looking for, but it is functional. And so, co-created. Right. So... Don't settle for less. Keep it as it currently is and then do subtle things to up the ante. And the subtle things could be I start to have a conversation about this more. And I do it and you know when it's non-tense times. Mm-hmm. You know we're not both climbing into bed and I open up the discussion about it. Mm-hmm. I do it when we're at lunch. And we're both in a pretty good place. Things have been going along. We've been we've been rocking along okay as a relationship. I bring it up, and I say, "Hey, this is this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? You know, this is what I'm. This is what's going on with me. Where are you? Kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. because it is interesting, because I think of a lot of listeners. If you've listened to this show long enough, I mean, we're on episode seventy four, seventy five, something like that. <laughs> I mean, we've been going for a while now, which is awesome. Yeah that a lot of our advice is going to come back to the same concepts of it. And really in reality, it all begins with a conversation and then actions different based on that conversation. Yeah. If only a conversation created different action. I mean, we know, we know that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, cause whatever the status of your relationship has evolved to, it didn't yeah. just happen overnight. Exactly. And you now you have habit to overcome. Right. And you just have, you know, you have all this energy that's habitual. Right. You know, in our, in our case, Paul, we could have had all these conversations. That's why I made that whole sexy marriage solution product because nothing changed for me until I one day made that connection with, with my whole sexual energy or just energy in general. But I would also say look back at the positive deviance, meaning the times that were out of the ordinary, when you say, well, ordinarily we never have sex, but there were those times when it was really great. So look back, what was different about those times and have those conversations. That's something that you can, because when we say have a conversation, some listeners are thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. I've had that conversation and it leads to a fight. So maybe instead of having the same conversation, bring up the times that things were really great. Say, remember, remember in October when we had sex three times in in (laughs) two weeks, what was different? What, what do you remember what was going on? And you'll find that you each perceived each other differently. And and so you you might have perceived yourself differently. Exactly. Yourself and your mate. Going on different in you because the idea of of approaching what we want is 
presupposing that you are approaching what you want from the best in you, not from the needy side of you. Also. Yeah, that's important. Because your spouse could be seeing your attempts at wooing them is really you're needy and you want to get your rocks off so you feel better about you. And it's really nothing about your spouse then. And they are seeing that. And that's where you know people like Dr. Schnarch can come in and say, you know, the, the low desire spouse is oftentimes the one with the most clarity when it mm-hmm. comes to sex because they realize the sex they're having isn't the sex worth wanting because the high yeah. desire is wanting two helpings of bad sex. <laughs> That's a really and important it's a, point. And it's a huge point. And it's hard for high desires, myself included, to hear that because I have to then start realizing if I look back on the course of my marriage in my sex life in my marriage, yeah, I can see I was the high desire. I've been the high desire the whole time. And I was desiring bad sex for a big chunk of that time. What's wrong with me then? You know, that's mm-hmm. that's where the whole meaning of sex comes into play. And what I was looking for wasn't for that connection, depth, time that you can co-create something with you, someone you love. It was just all about me. Well, no wonder Pam pushes away from that. Right. And it still stands tender to to realize that in a lot of instances, men are going to feel loved through sex and women want to feel loved before they have sex. So in a lot of times there is that meaning in that sexual relationship, but to become curious instead of resentful, yeah. to um, be clear on what you're giving and what you're looking for and to look back at when things were working and and sort of sleuth around like what what was really working i, I believe that at any point everything can change right at any point you we do not have to settle for some of our listeners right in after 20 years of of agonizing dysfunction at any point everything can change yeah and that's to the high desire people out there, male or female alike, I would say a way to assess what's driving your initiation attempts is how do you handle the times when you're rejected? Mm-hmm. Because if you get into the scenario of, well, I'm really interested in connecting with my spouse sexually today but I'm afraid they're going to shut me down, so therefore I'm not even going to initiate it. That's not the best of what you really want, leading the charge. That's a fear-based decision. And then if you continue that forward to where, okay, I'm going to to seek her out, I'm going to seek him out, and if he rejects me, I'm going to handle that just fine. Then that's, that's more the best in you rising up and giving the chance for the system to change course to something better for both of you. Yeah, and and to maybe adjust what you mean by the word rejected. Yeah. You know, this listener or who who wrote, you know, this gal says even sometimes when they're on vacation and stuff, he he opts to just cuddle. Right. <laughs> or so, you know, like ah. Oh. But but look at look at what 
look at the big picture. And yeah. I guess another time we'll ask what's going on behind yeah, and that's, the scenes. Yeah, that's the one know? thing. And I'll, I'll just blank, make the blanket statement to our listeners because I love hearing, we love hearing from you. And, and here's yeah. what's going on in our world. And we love le- the, I mean, I'm humbled that you let us into your bedroom. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, that's a huge honor and something we do not take lightly. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I want to know the rest of the story on some of them. Yeah, because, usually when we read them, we're like, ow, oh, you know, it, what else is yeah, going on? Yeah, it, because it seems like there's another piece to the puzzle that maybe you don't, maybe the reader doesn't, or the listener doesn't even know the other piece. They just, this just isn't adding up. And so that's good to ask the questions and seek out, you know, be curious. Mm-hmm. But you got to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. And, and then we want to know the rest of the story of, you know, okay, well, maybe his lack of desire is because he's got a whole lot of things going on on the side or he's got a lot of wounded and trauma surrounding mm-hmm. the issue and it got too close at some point, so therefore he shut down and he's averting it elsewhere. Or you know, there's all, or maybe she's got so many other things that you know, she has a wounding that, in that arena. And that's a lot. There's so much sexual wounding in our world that it's, it's painful. It. And so just that could be its own show, and it's, that's not such a fun show about wounding. But the one thing I want to say, if you have a painful past, I'm always shocked how many spouses won't bring it up for right. fear that their mate will think badly of them. Right. When instead, what it does is it it just takes all, it answers a million didn't, questions that your mate's been having for years and years. did we get an email from a, a listener? This was months ago yeah. on that subject because we talked about healing the past, healing sexual past in the present. And we barely touched on the And we did barely that. touch on it. I mean, that show, there's so much more. And, and he or she, I don't even remember which. It talk, was a man who said about, he and his spouse both had a history of abuse. And they hadn't talked about it for years into their marriage. And when they finally did it, it was like, oh, okay. That makes, like 30 years yeah, into their marriage. But at the time he wrote, sense. they were having sex every day. Right. I mean, so much passion, so much healing. Because so exactly. I mean, fundamentally or theoretically, this is this is my schooling. So let me go psychobabble for just a second. Mm-hmm. We meet and fall in love with somebody that's along the same developmental growth path as ourself. You know, the same level of growth, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it's not at all uncommon that we have a lot of similarities of occurrences in our life. And it may not be as severe as sexual trauma, you know, child abuse or physical abuse or anything like that, that, but we, we, the person we go to bed with that has our wedding ring on already has so much more in line with you than you realize under the surface that when you start having those conversations, that's what makes it to where the relationship makes sense and why you fall in love because if it was somebody further along or way behind, you wouldn't tolerate it long enough to, ha- to have a lasting relationship. Because it'd just be like, it'd be too much work or you'd feel had this deep, I can't keep up kind of a feeling. Yeah. And that's, that's the one question I was at a conference and Dr. Schnarch was asked that question. Because his, his therapy approach is all, it's, it's marriage therapy through the lens of sex. Mm-hmm. He uses, he calls it the elicitation window. And I've done some of this with some of the clients where we, when they talk about their sex life, it gives me a window into their life. And I can tell you how they live life by just they, when we talk about how they do sex. 
and he makes the comment, someone asked him a question of how, because he's worked with all kinds of people around the world, models and all this kind of stuff. He's like, how do you not get aroused or interested when you're in the middle of this? And that's a valid question because we're human, you know, at the core. And he's like, well, when you look at it through the lens of growth, you realize most of the people are so poorly developed and hurting, it's not attractive. Mm. And and so you you really want to just help them become better people, not you don't see them as a body. You see them as somebody hurting that would be a lot of work <laughs> to be in a relationship with, you know, if you get brutally honest. So it's it's one that we meet and fall in love with a person that's a lo- really close to the same level we are. Well, and what you're used to. Right. So, so that's, that's why some women wonder why they always date losers. You know, it's somewhere within your comfort zone. Right. Well, there's, yeah, there's a common denominator in <laughs> exactly. that. And it's you. So all of this that we talk about in Sexy Marriage Radio is a framework, I think, to start to create something better. And it starts and ends with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if you're the high desire and you're a male or a female, it doesn't matter. The same concepts apply. Even in same-sex relationships, there's a high desire and a low desire spouse. Mm. It's just the way it is. So if you're the high desire, the, the goal is, am I truly seeking what I want from the best in me, or am I seeking what I want to try to make me help me feel better about me? There's a huge difference between those two questions. Yeah, and if you're the low desire spouse, you have the right to ask that. And you also have uh, the encouragement to be really honest with the issue. Say, you know, if there is so much discrepancy and you're the lower desire spouse, make effort to to restore a healthy drive. Because there's something, if you've got an unhealthy sex drive, there's something unhealthy somewhere. Something could be out of balance. It could be bad diet. Bad circulation. I mean, these are things we talked about prior to the yeah. show. You know, that your sexual energy is leaking out everywhere else but home. You know, yeah. just because of the way you look at other people, the way you pursue other people. Even though oh, I would never have an affair, but yet I dress so that I get all that attention. Well, that's playing into what's going on at home. So it's check yourself, and then start making steps from there. And it is truly a, you would make a few steps forward and then sometimes a few steps back and then a few steps forward and then a step back and then a half a step forward and a quarter of a step back. I mean, it truly is a slow process change because it's a system change. It's not just as simple as a decision all the time. Because I'm even convinced that your miraculous waking up after 14 years in your sex life, Gina, there were lots of other little things that were going on years prior that all culminated in the, a change, a shift of perspective, a energy shift, all of that. So it wasn't just a simple, oh, I just made a decision one day. Well, I talk about that in the five keys to great yeah. sex when you're not in the mood. I did. There's five areas, and I was pretty healthy in all of them except for that blocked energy. Okay. So it does. It all. It all plays. It all plays together. So, yeah. I don't know. 
It works with my clients. I don't know. No, I, know, I, I get it. But, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not <clears throat> bad-mouthing any of it. It's just that idea yeah. of I think there's subtle things that happen, and then finally you reach that tipping point to where it clicks, and that's where it's consciously, oh, dude, this is great. You know, it's – I've one of the guys that just went through sex on Sundays, the class I offer, wrote in – that he's having the best sex of his life and it was from one of the lessons. And I know it wasn't yeah. just that lesson. Yeah. It was other things he had to have been go- had going on and that hit him at the right time to kind of bring right. it all together and boom, there you go. Right. So as you keep listening and keep working, there does come a tipping yeah. point. There does come, like we said, that breakthrough. And then there are issues that might take you back, yeah. forward, back. But but you, there is... There is, I believe, a tipping point coming and a breakthrough coming and, and anything's possible. Because it's a journey. Yeah, absolutely. So we want you to enjoy the journey. Yep, because it's, don't worry, that's the idea of the attachment to outcome. So mm-hmm. often we get caught up in that destination that we forget the journey. And so if I can do more and more of, and this is how I live my life, and I think, Jenny, this is how you live yours from what I know of you, is I want to be more and more involved in my present moment. Right. And what's going on with me right now? Because I don't want to miss what's going on with me right now because I'm focusing on what could come or what could happen. Absolutely. That's a tough that's a tough perspective, but you can grow to it. Mm. And that's when sexy yeah. marriage really hits a new level. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We're glad Thanks you joined us. Thanks for listening. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. If you liked it, jump on iTunes. Give us a review. I didn't say that at the very beginning. So. Oh, yeah. If you want more people to know about Sexy Marriage Radio, give us that five-star review. Leave a comment and tell your friends. Thank you very much. You guys have a great day. Bye.